Hey y'all, it's Yaisa Lifestyle Brand, and today we're talking about body shaming. It's a topic that we may be ashamed to talk about because one, we may have been body shamed one um, way, being teased about um, body shape or size or just physical appearance in general, or you might to have body shamed someone where you um, may not have told them how you felt, but you were at the mall, people watching, and you made a negative comment about the way someone's wearing an outfit, or maybe um, you didn't verbally say it out loud. Uh, maybe you mentioned it to someone else, like where you talked about someone and um, you were with your friends. And so uh, body shaming, it has no shame. It just says what it wants to say, you know. And so um, today I want to just really tackle this topic because a lot of times uh, we don't understand that there's, uh, you know, there's harm that's done. Um, there's also body shaming when you criticize someone that's right in front of you. So like you can criticize someone where they don't know what you said about them. Then there's body shaming where you just flat out say it. And so I've um, been talking about body shaming um, it's a place where um, they say the um, like the phrase sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. And that is so untrue because, you know, a stick and a stone, you do it one time. Maybe there's like a, a wound and then there's a sore, a scab, it heals up. There's like a remembrance of that. And, you know, we kind of move on. But when someone says something, it like goes to a different place than a wound from a stick or a stone. Uh, when you hear a negative word about yourself or even a positive word, it goes in your soul. So you have a soul and in your soul you have your 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 free will, you have your mind, what you think, and then you have your emotions. So those those words go into those emotional places where it's now this memory where you remember that and it echoes and it's loud and then it kind of makes an imprint where it makes a kind of a, a mark that a stone or a stick couldn't do. It makes a mark where every time um, someone says something, it reminds you of what he said or she said. And so I want to say that there should be some responsibility in what we say, uh, because I remember growing up as a kid, um, I, I feel like my area of body shaming came from my skin color. Um, I'm African-American and you know, with African-Americans, we have like so many internal things um, outside, in addition to external things. So when I say internal, we have our own version of racism. We call it interracial racism. Um, so we're in the race and we have our own racism. And then outside of the race, it's like racism, like from other, like, you know, white against black. But then inside the race, we have black against black but then it's going to be based on different variables it could be based on social economics it can be based on beauty so it could be on aesthetics like physical features and with physical features it can be about hair hair texture uh facial features like eyes and nose and lips like at one point it was negative to have a large nose or like large nostrils or lips it was negative to have big lips or full lips and then also there's hair 
hair texture, whether hair is long or short, or the texture, whether it's fine or it's frizzy and it's thick. Uh, now it's kind of like being a whole turn 180, you know, with the natural hair movement. But there's still some areas, you know, because then it's like the hair weave extensions against the naturals, more than naturals against the hair weave extensions. I've also heard men, you know, say they prefer a woman that doesn't wear hair weave extensions, but they don't like the natural hair texture. So it's like whether women are feeling like judged from other women or also when men are also being you know, men are also judging women on their appearance or lack thereof in their eyes. So, you know, beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. And with that, it's so subjective. And just going back to the whole, you know, um, history of who we are, that um, me, I'm a child of the most high and, you know, created in his image and his likeness, created in God's image and likeness. And so when we think about that, how can we be negative to someone who has a different look you know like there's not one snowflake the same there's not one fingerprint the same of anyone else and so when we think about beauty why do we want to have clone like features you know like um there's no shame against uh you know augmented surgery or cosmetic surgery plastic surgery because that's going to make you feel beautiful that's going to make you look a certain way but it's like when we put one down versus praising another and most times in the past we've as people of color or black people or other ethnicities have praised whiteness as the ideal and then anything that is not white was not good there was even a saying you know if you're white you're all right if you're brown stick around but if you're black get back so um it's just like so much. And today I'm just prompted on this topic because I'm going to be submitting um, a chapter for a, a book anthology. And the book anthology is all about trauma. And so I thought, what trauma have I gone through? I know I've been through some drama, but what trauma have I have I been through where, you know, I know that I'm not going to just like just be trying to stretch it you know like because I don't want to make myself have a problem that I haven't had you know yeah we've all kind of struggled maybe with depression or we've had some social anxiety where like you go to a new place and it's like you know you're you're the new person at the job or in an organization or group and you kind of feel like you're you know it's it's when you're new it's like kind of scary you know because like you don't know how people are perceiving you and then you don't know how you're perceiving them but it's like having that outsider perspective but what I do know about is beauty and that was been my you know kind of like uh life life's work and so I started out writing a dissertation when I was in a PhD program called Pigeon Toad and Pigeon Toad is all about this whole mentality of this um, internal dialogue that a woman or a man may have with himself. Um, pigeon toe was inspired by me being called pigeon toe as a kid and uh, being pigeon toe, it took on a form of its own. And I did the research to know, like, what does pigeon toe mean? It's when um, someone's feet turn inward. And I used that uh, physical, I guess, physical stance or that physical picture the image to describe how someone's self-esteem or self-worth is that it turns inward and it turns inward because of um for for some kids that are born pigeon toe from 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 genetics or maybe the way the positioning of the baby was in the stomach so there's some things that are deep-seated you know something that was in in it was internal it was something that happened when the baby was in uh 
uh, in the womb and it was happening when they were being formed in their mother's womb. So uh, then taking that a little bit deeper, you know, like to be on the more theoretical side, a lot of things that happen to us, you know, they say nature, nurture, they're going to be a bit of nurtured, you know, like if whatever your thoughts are, your thoughts also become your reality. And so um, with that being said, um, I really struggled with writing that dissertation because I mean, the more and more I learned about it, the more and more it was like my eyes became open. And with my eyes becoming open, yeah, there's a little bit of anger because it's like, you know, how did I go through my whole life feeling less than? How did I go through my life where people, I was like a target to people, like where people can see your, I guess, your perceived flaw and also your real flaw. You know, if you had a flaw of people seeing weakness, you know, and so if you're uh, considered weak or you're not really outspoken or you're not bold and you're not like audacious, then people can think that you're a nice person and that you can be taken advantage of. And um, I don't like that. And then also with with beauty, you know, like um, how can we judge someone how they look? You know, like when you think about that butterfly, the butterfly is in this uh, process where it's uh a uh, caterpillar or is this worm this lowly worm and then it's caterpillar then it gets into this chrysalis it's get, it's going to get in this cocoon and then it's going to like take time where it's going to develop and then once it develops it's going to have to have some alone time some solitude and i really feel like people don't understand solitude because especially as an adolescent like everything is peer 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 you want to be on a team you want to have friends at recess you want to sit with someone at lunchtime and then it's like uh, there's there, the alone time is seen as negative, like that you're rejected or like, you know, you don't have any friends and you're an outsider, you're a loner. Alone time is not a positive thing. So, uh, you know, the butterfly, it has to kind of break its way out and it has to do this all on its own. Otherwise, if it has help from outside help, it's going to die because it has to have enough blood pumping through its veins to be able to fight its way out, then to fly. And so... Um, but that being said, um, the butterfly has a certain time period that that happens. But with us as humans, our process ain't so um, short. You know, it's like some of us be in the cocoon for a long, long, long time. And some of us die. And then it's like we get another chance. You know, a certain area of us dies. Maybe we don't physically die, but a certain area of us dies. Like our dream can die or our hope in relationships can die or our hope in friendships can die or you know, whatever that may be. And so um, now that I'm in this uh, cocoon, you know, like my cocoon has been retail. If you followed along with my journey, if you haven't, I've been working in retail for over three years and not the life that I had planned for myself, especially as someone that was a professional uh, college student and uh, also a professor at that and had really done some really um, amazing things even though I was in process but it's like when my life seems abruptly just um, go upside down and go dark where um, I was not able to complete my PhD nor was I able to complete or continue my um, professorship um, felt kind of lost and my identity seemed to be um, uh, yes my identity seemed to be gone like I felt invisible I felt like not having my job and not having that degree that now I don't have an identity. So identity. So when, when we don't know our identity, then we really can be 
so susceptible to anything and susceptible meaning more so to society susceptible to whatever the society wants to sell us because society is always going to sell us things because we live in a consumer or capitalistic society so we money makes the world go around so if i let you know that you have a problem you know even if you're a elementary school kid or high school kid if i let you know how you have a problem you may not buy a consumer is different from a customer a consumer means like you 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 buy into that but a customer is also a paying customer that they they not only buy into something but they're going to actually give you some money you know so a consumer so if i feel like um you know that i need to be in a certain group then maybe that said group is going to like put me through a process of hazing, you know, like where, you know, in order to be like a certain group or to be accepted into a group, they may say you need to change the way you dress or um, you need truth or dare, you know, you need to do X, Y and Z. So um, I just want to like, again, just kind of air it out. Like today I was just kind of fleshing out my thoughts about um, my topic, which I don't know, is it going to be about body shaming, identity um, and then or this pigeon toed, you know, process that I wrote about. But um, I'm excited to know uh, that God, he doesn't waste anything. And so when we have like passion about something or we've experienced something, it's like you are somebody's testimony that you, you know, maybe no matter what part you're in in that process, you're somebody's testimony, whether that's to your children, your family members, uh, whether you're a writer, you're a blogger, you're a speaker. You know, like it's not a waste. It's not in vain. And it, and for me, a lot of times I can think of all the things that messed up in my life, you know, and like if I didn't mess up, I can have, you know, more of what I want. And But like in order to have more of what you want, you have to get rid of the things that you don't want. Can I say that again? In order to have what you really, really want, you got to get rid of the things that you really don't want. So now that I'm at this place where I'm living like, you know, like week to week, I'm living day to day. I'm living minute to minute, second to second. I'm really learning to trust on God. It's like th- there's not a lot, a lot of space for anything that doesn't belong, you know, because if going through all what I've gone through, the trauma that it caused, it's like I don't like the way that feels. So now it's like if there's telltale signs that somebody is toxic, if there's telltale signs that something is not good for me, it's not about me feeling that I have to please somebody or me feeling that I have to like, you know, try harder. It's like, you know what, if it's too much, it's just too much. That's too much for me, you know, and I don't have to carry something that God didn't intend for me to carry. So um, that just kind of concludes my TED talk today. But I want to encourage you all to know that what's for you is for you. And uh, what, what I mean by what's for you is for you is that you know, you might feel like you don't know how you got to where you got to, but you're there now, you know, and you got to take time to like smell the roses. You got to look around and notice like that life is going to keep on happening, but you're, you have a life, you know, so life happens, but you also have a life too. You have to be present in it and you have to know again that you don't just go through stuff, you know, like, you know, it's a, it's like, God knew you were going to go through that. So it's like as if it already happened and you have to know that you're built to last, that you're going to make it through that. 